This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello, hello, and welcome to With Love and Justice for All, the official podcast of Project Sanctus, where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation, and the special challenges that arise as spiritual seekers. This is episode 109. I am your co-host, Reverend Ogan Holder, here with my partner in crime consciousness and co-creation, Reverend Kelly. How goes it for you today, Reverend Kelly? It goes pretty good. The weather's great. Again, looking forward to another episode that will probably trigger a few people here and there, which is always exciting and makes for a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) Well, you know what I mean. I do. I do know. Get what people thinking and get people thinking. Yeah. All right. I, I I hear that. And and those thinking people hopefully will be um, all over the world. Um, we are listened to in over thirty countries around the world, um, pretty much everywhere in the U.S. And we are grateful to all of you who listen, who subscribe, who share our podcast. Um, if you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can hit us up on the social media, Facebook and Instagram, our handle is at get or holy on. You can leave a voicemail for us at 413-438-4659 or 413-GET-HOLY. And you can also email us, either Ogan or Kelly at projectsanctus.com. On today's episode, we are continuing a discussion we started last week around dismantling the patriarchy. If you listen yeah, silly, to last, silly us. Right. I'm sorry. To, go ahead. <laughs> I know. You know where I'm going with this. I know where you yeah. want to say too. Uh, if you listen to last week's episode, we thought we would, um, you know, cover all that there is to cover about dismantling the patriarchy in two episodes um, in real time. Realize that it is going to take a lot more time than that just to talk about it. Forget about actually doing it. Just to talk about it. So. Um, this is this is part two of I think what will be five. <laughs> I, I suspect in our fifth episode we might keep going. I feel like maybe we need to start a whole secondary podcast just on patriarchy. Yeah. Well, oh, and just to be fair, I don't think we assumed we would cover it all in two episodes. But no. our our plan of you know some bullet points of what we wanted to cover, yes. we thought you know silly us. Uh, silly, we thought we could us. do that in two two um two episodes and as you said quickly realized yeah not so much yes so if you're if you're jumping in and didn't listen to last week's episode 
that's fine. You can catch up on that later. What we're basically looking at is um, how the patriarchy shows up in our everyday lives. And we're doing this across um, five broad categories. Last time we covered uh, like gender, identity, relationship, sexuality. And again, just broad discussion because each of those kind of almost deserve their own episode. Um, so today we're going to broadly cover work, the workplace, um, and upcoming episodes. We're going to talk about self-care, pleasure, uh, religion, spirituality in the church. Just going to be another episode. And then we're going to wrap up the series with um, around family, parenting, elder care. Um, there will be as you can probably tell, overlap between these all these topics because um, you know we're not we're not silos and these issues overlap in our lives. So if you hear us sometimes, it seems like we're repetitive from episode to episode. Uh, that's probably why. Uh, but before we jump in, um, you got some some coming ups for us. Yeah, we do have some coming ups for us. We have. Um our affinity group so last so we are recording this on uh tuesday october 10th last week on october 4th the first wednesday of the month we had our our communal group and then on the third wednesday of the month at 7 30 eastern we have our affinity groups and um i facilitate uh the group with the white bodies and ogan facilitates the group um for bipoc folks and um, so that's the third Wednesday. So that would be uh, 11th, 18th, October 18th. And if you go to projectsanctus.com, you can register for it. That's how you get the Zoom link. And um, that's where we have the, the conversations. That's where we do our work. You know, it's not in the, it's not in the educational classes. That's just information, but it's in, um, in these affinity groups and communal groups where we really um, do some of the some of the hard work and, and the self-awareness and the unfolding and and such. Um, Ogan has his Men Better Together group starting tomorrow, October yeah. 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, you can go to revogenholder.com slash men to find out more and to register. And uh, I'm really excited for you. Um, it I, isn't I very am... often. Sorry, go ahead. Well, there's always, you know, it's it's more expected, and what we're used to in our culture is women's groups, and there are, uh, you know, there it isn't very often that um, that you see men's group, and and I'm uh, and some of that, ironically, is because it's you know patriarchal to not have men's group, you know, it's a patriarchal to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, the rugged individualism. I'm good. I don't need any help you know, kind of thing. So there's a little bit of irony in, in that, you know, when I, at least to me, so I'm excited for you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too. I actually have people who registered for it. Uh, fingers, fingers crossed. They sign up. I mean, sorry, they show up. I'm sure they will. Um, I really hope they will because it will be 1 a.m. here in my local oh. Morocco time when it starts. So <laughs> if I'm yeah. going to be up, if I'm going to be up at that hour, um, you know, I trust there'll be people there for me. And and just a quick note on what you said about men's groups is that there there are um, there are a lot of men's groups out there. Um, and 
I would say normally in like our our unity space, maybe not as much. But for years, I participated in the Mankind Project, which is a national men's organization, and they have you know chapters in different towns and cities scattered all over the country. But this work wasn't really specifically talked about about patriarchy. Right. It was right. it it really was about about um, getting in touch with with how you know we weren't or how to be more of a healthy man and healthy manhood. So I guess in a roundabout way, that was, you know, what we were doing. Um, but for all the time that I was in that group, there was never any mention of, you know, patriarchy itself as a, as a system and how, how we've internalized. And anyways, we're going to get into that. Don't let me get ahead of myself. What else we got going on? <laughs> Well, I just, I just, um, from where I said, I, I don't often see men's groups as compared to women's groups, you know, just, and, and, and you're right, you're right. Kind of, you know, from a numbers perspective, I, yeah, yeah definitely not more. Um, yeah, so go to revogenholder.com slash men to find out more and to register. It's on the second and fourth Wednesdays, eight o'clock Eastern. Uh, Ogan also has a new Substack, necessarytrouble.substack.com, um, where you can, um, uh, sign up and uh, subscribe and, um, you know, uh, read what he's writing. And some of it is uh, uh, a subscription. Some of it is just available free. Um, I have a class coming up that starts on uh, October 24th, which is a Tuesday and goes to Tuesday, November 21st. And it's called Enough of This Generosity. Um, it is not a, uh, a quote unquote prosperity class, because I don't use that word anymore, because everybody thinks when you say prosperity, they think money. Um, but this is about generosity. And this is about this class is about recognizing the consciousness of scarcity and separation that we live in. And to that the opposite of scarcity is not abundance. The opposite of scarcity is dignity. So it's a dive into generosity to unpack our scarcity consciousness and live, you know, from a consciousness of generosity. So that's Tuesdays, October 24th to November 21st, 6.30 to 8.30 Eastern. And finally, you can support our podcast and all the work that we do uh, by visiting projectsanctus.com slash donate um, to keep the train running. There's lots of behind the scenes bills and Ogan and I are the, uh, the janitors and the CEO and the CFO uh, and the interns. So we are open to receive any, any financial gift to just support us in the work that we do. Indeed, indeed. Um, so quick recap around what patriarchy actually is. We, we think of it as one of the big uh, three systems of oppression along with white supremacy and capitalism. And it's that, that system of beliefs um, that's, that's embedded with, within all areas of our life, political, social, personal, um, and, and it structures uh, a gender inequality, creates gender inequality between men and women. And again, when we, when we say men, we're painting a broad picture to basically include all male identified individuals, women, all self, self-identified um, individuals uh, as well. So men will include trans women. Um, and, you know, there's, it's, it's interesting 
that we talk about how with this gender inequality, it's basically men on one one side or rather higher, one rung up, I should say, and every other gender. So whether it's women, non-binary, whatever gender that is not characterized as, as man and more often than not cis man, because trans men um, or aren't trans women aren't real men and yeah. trans women are also not real women or real men either, dependent uh, right. by patriarchy's um, point of view. So, so anything that's not a cisgender man is considered um, 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 inferior. Is that too strong a word? Eh. In, in, subordinate. Subordinate is a better word. Yes, as as well. And when we speak of of intersectionality, white, uh, white cisgender. <laughs> white straight cisgender because i'm going to say yeah. uh um gay cisgender men are thought of as in general subordinate to straight um mm -hmm. men and again a lot of this is both conscious and unconscious i would say given the work that uh, we've done as a society in the last few decades um much of it um, i would i would say almost is I don't I don't want to say less un, less conscious, but I I think men have learned to hide it better. <laughs> Let's put it that way, and and a lot of the subconscious patriarchal norms are still very much internalized. Even those of us who are doing our best and doing our work and slowly transforming ourselves, awakening ourselves to that internalized um, poison um we still we still mess up we still make mistakes um we still we still do the things so 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 this is a this is a work that is that is lifelong that is ongoing that's gonna look messy when we talk about dismantling the patriarchy and it just occurred to me today of something that i was going to probably write about in my substack is um part of what we're discussing is sort of like the antidotes to it and but then it might behoove us, maybe a whole other podcast after we've done the series, is if we're dismantling the patriarchy, what are we replacing it with, right? What are we mantling? Yeah. What are we mantling? What are we going to build afterwards? Because there's a yeah. lot of conversation around dismantling, dismantling white supremacy, yeah. dismantling patriarchy, dismantling capitalism. What are we replacing it with, right? Mm -hmm. and, and there's a lot of experimental systems out there. And the issue is that with with anything that we try to build now, it's still kind of going to have the shades of every of the right. big three in it because we're not yep. we're, we're we 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 can't From build the outside that created exactly we can't build outside those systems. So it's a weird thing where I think like you 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 can imagine the new system probably begin to build it being aware that. That, that elements of the old systems are still going to be in place. And part of the building includes the, the rooting out of the old vestiges as they, as they spring up. And because well, the they spring up in, in what you're building, it doesn't mean that what you're building is a failure. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's, it, um, uh, it, it, one of the things it requires in the imagining, you know, imagination and manifesting and what are we building, you know, what are we mantling because we're dismantling is uh, that that the notion of 
of I don't know or the uncertainty or you just sort of do what you believe is the right thing, even if it turns out, yeah, not so much. But that whole uncertainty and questioning and it's good enough for right now, which I don't mean, I don't mean it as a cop out when I say good enough for right now. It's just based on mm-hmm. what I know and what I believe. Um, but that that kind of thinking is the opposite of patriarchy. Um, patriarchy right. wants exactness and the right thing. And there's a method to the madness and there's production and there's output and there's, you know, structure. And so there's all of these, you know, it, it it's, you have to be coming from a completely contrary um, way of thinking and being, you know, like, like prioritizing a nap, you know, <laughs> like, yes. you know, it's yeah, just not, and the systems don't want us to question either. Right, um, right. These systems require conformity. They require hierarchy. Um, and, right. and if we begin to question it, then we run, in, we run into roadblocks from those who are invested in the system, from those who have internalized the system, in, including, including ourselves. And, and this, is, this is sort of what the, the men's group, Men Better Together, that discussion group, that's, that's what the basis of that is, is to really question how we question ourselves. Um, right. So like, so like in this first gathering coming up tomorrow night, um, where uh, the, the main discussion question I want to take a look at is, is our expectations. What, what are the expectations that we have for ourselves as men and for other people in our lives? Where did, where did we get these expectations from? Are they, yeah. are they sustainable? Um, how do we manage them? Um, you know, if we are going to shift them, we're, what do we shift them to? So, yeah, we, we have a lot of unconscious expectations and we don't yep. even know we have them until suddenly somebody doesn't meet them. Oh, by the way, we never told them what they were. <laughs> so Right. There's, I talk about this a lot in classes stuff There's or with individuals working with. There's this invisible yardstick that... Yeah being used to measure what I do. And yet the yardstick is sometimes it is three feet. Sometimes it's two and a half. Sometimes it's four. Like it's, and who's got the yardstick. So I never know it's a moving target. So I'm always going to be failing because yeah. I think I'm, I'm trying to, you know, measure myself against something that's not measurable and is invisible and made up by somebody. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It oh. makes my head hurt. Just thinking about it. <laughs> All the things, all the things. Um, yeah. Speaking speaking of expectations, uh, so today we're looking at the broad category of, of work um, and how patriarchy shows up in, in the workplace. Um, so, you know, we begin, again, as we talk about patriarchy, patriarchy is, is gender-centered and gender inequalities. So... Let's take a look at gender inequalities in the workplace and and also the different expectations about work, you know, yeah. based based on gender and 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 starting from that, like some would say archaic, but still very relevant um, idea that, you know, in a in a family structure and let's, you know, not to fast forward to the podcast episode on family but right. you know in a in a family structure or in a relationship you know 
and in in your usual paradigm of 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 man and woman, male and female, um, there's this idea that the man is supposed to be the one who goes out and works and provides for partner and family. And we say, oh, well, you know, no one, no one expects women not to work today. So women working is entirely fine. However, what comes along with that is sure. However, there's this hidden expectation that the man still earns more, right? Mm -hmm. And also that, um, and we, we mentioned this last week, I think, that in addition to working, women is still expected to take on the additional labor of, of nurturing and all of those kind of like homebound tasks that were traditionally associated with, with women. And again, painted with a broad brush here, this is not is not to say that this happens in every single relationship. Some of you have for this is not a factor, but I can tell you that there's still, that's still a huge thing um, in our society to today. Um, the expectations on earnings, for example, like I just mentioned, um, right. between, between men and women. And when we look at um, for example, just in the corporate world, especially, but in many other places, um, we still see that men earn more than women for the same job. Um, yep. And they not just earn more, they're promoted more. Um, they are um, more often found at uh, the further you go up the, the, the ladder, you know, in terms from entry level all the way up to what they call C-suite, you know, CEOs, CFOs. Um, yeah. As you go up that ladder, the amount of women decrease um, right. as as well. Um, so we've got that going on. Um, and and should anyone think that this is still not a relevant um, thing to talk about or matters, um, the winner of the uh, Nobel uh, Prize for Economics um, this was this was her topic. Um, it's Harvard's uh, Claudia Golden on research about the workplace gender gap. So yeah, it's still a it's still a thing. It's still yeah. a huge thing. Well, it stalled out in the '90s. Like there was slowly this you know kind of catching up, um, but then in the '90s it just it just stopped. That you know the uh, wage disparity. And uh, it's interesting that um, then in the, uh, it drops, um, the, the relative pay for women compared to men drops sharply between 35 and 44, which are year having children. So yeah. now not only is there a wage disparity to begin with, but now you're getting penalized because you're having children. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and we also, we, we always have to mentioned again bring intersectionality into it it's worse mm. for women of color yes. Uh, yes. so for example when we talk about you know the the top positions of an organization c-suite leadership you know women um are represent one in four women of color are one in 16 yeah 
dig that in for a second. Oh. You know, that would be, I was just here, you said, take that in for a moment. And so I was thinking one in four, one in 16. And then I was thinking the last time that I was in a, a you know, and, and encourage anyone to do this, the next time you're sitting in a group of people, um, you know, look, like count how many are there. Like I'm thinking about a meeting I was in last night and there was about, you know, 30 people, maybe a little less than 30. Um, and so if it was one in four, so there would be, you know, seven, you know, if it's one in four, then there'd be seven women that would be, you know, um, yeah. C-suite, right? And then maybe, maybe one or two black women. And I'm like, yeah, like when you start yeah. for me, when I start making it real and I start seeing it, then that's, you know, you talked about antidotes, then it, it, it supports me in, okay, taking another step and it becomes less something, you know, out there for other people and really brings it home to the spaces that I'm in. Yeah. Um, there's a great article I'll put in the, in the links um, for the show notes um, around myths and realities around women in the workplace from leanin.org. And one of the interesting ones was it says the biggest barrier to women's advancement is the glass ceiling. We hear a lot about mm -hmm. the glass ceiling. It's sort of a myth. What they found the reality is not the glass ceiling, but it's what they call the, the broken rung. Um, yeah. And what that means is, is that um, the biggest hurdle for women is that, is that first critical step up to manager. Like not even, we're not talking about the top echelons yet, but just basically from, you know, entry or middle level up to manager. So what, what the research has found um, for every 100 men promoted from entry level to manager, for every 100 men, only 87 women are promoted. Okay. Um, and it's actually now 73 for women of color for every 100 men. And that's down from 82 last year. So basically wow. because of this broken rung, like not just less women, but less women of color are being um, promoted. Right. And there's this interesting quote um, from uh, an Asian woman, she's a vice president. And she says, a president of a tech company says something that stuck with me. Women are hired for what they have done. Men are hired for what they can become. Women have to have a proven record. Men do not. Wow. Let me say that again. Wow. Women are hired yeah. for what they have done. Men are hired for what they can become. Women have to have a proven record, but men do not. Right. And then how do you get, how do you, you know, right. if that's going to continue, hire women for what they've done but you can't get hired because you have no experience and because yeah. you're a woman or a black woman or a lesbian black woman, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so, so, so part of that is again, um, a thing that, that is part and parcel of patriarchy is that the entitlement of men, we believe that these things, these higher positions, these salaries, we are entitled to them just because we exist as men, but women have to earn them. Yeah. Wow. That's okay. a that's a that's a thing. 
Um, so at the current rate we're going, it will take uh, over 130 years to close yep. the global gender <laughs> pay gap. Not in our lifetime. No, and not even in your children's lifetime or your grandchildren's <laughs> lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, 130 yes. years to close the global gender pay gap. Yes. So as far as we've come, there's so much more we have to cover. Yeah. So how do you, so, I mean, I know we have some other things around this to talk about, but so how do you, how does somebody go about changing that or, or, well, or doing well, something about it? Transparency is one of the first thing that comes to mind. You know, there's this, there's this, this idea that we don't talk about how much we earn. You're not supposed to talk about how much you uh, earn right. when you, when you, you know, you, you do enter into contract negotiations for your job. If you have a job that allows you to do that, um, you know, you don't, you don't share what other people past present at your position earn. Mm. And that secrecy is what allows a lot of this pay disparity to happen. That's why I, I love the states that are beginning to mandate that, that companies have to show the earnings or sorry, have right. to show the salaries for the position because then they have to justify why, you know, Bob in this position is earning more, but Jane in the same position is, is not, you know? So, so, so I think that's, that's one way to go about it. That, that's where it starts. We gotta know what people are making and, and, and why they're making, what's the, what's the rationale um, beyond that? What, what, what do you have? You got any thoughts around this? I mean, what you just said, the, the transparency thing and got to be talking about it. And, you know, there's so many HR rules that, that you're not supposed to talk about it. You know, you can get in trouble, you can get fired. And it's going to be, uh, you know, by, because of the nature of patriarchy, you know, men would be more allowed to talk about it than women. And they're going to, because they make more, they're going to be, you know, uh, yeah might be less likely to actually talk about it, but there's a safer space to bring it up. But I think it's, uh, you know, coming back to the HR. Um, well, I mean, like, who, who, who writes the HR rules? I know. I know. I don't, I don't actually have an antidote. <clears throat> uh, cause yeah. Cause I don't except to be transparent, to keep talking about it, to, to bring it up, to have conversations. Um, well, know, also if, to pro, pro, hire and promote more women. Yes. Yeah. If you're sitting in a position, if you're in an HR position, have any input into, you know, hiring, um, you know, you need to be educated and wake yourself up um, and look at the, you know, what are we paying, you know, and who's getting paid what for the same jobs or not. Um, you know, the U.S. has dropped when you when you look at the global gender gaps, the U.S. Yeah. dropped uh, is number 43 out of all the countries in the world. The U.S. ranks 43rd in terms of, you know, it's uh, the uh, how bad its gender gender gap is with. Uh, so, pay. so 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 there was that 43 as in there's 42 better or worse than the U.S.? There's 42 what? better than us. Better. Oh, you mean we're not number yeah. one? Shocker. Nope. Out of 146 countries, we're number 43. Ugh. And 
in the last year, we dropped 16 points. Oh, oh we're, we're doing, we're doing better. No, we're not. We're, no, no, we're no, not. No, we're, no, we're not. No, it's, no. it's the other way. So, so this brings up an interesting point though, is because, you know, I just mentioned maybe one of the things we, we, you know, companies can do is hire more women, especially uh, women of color. But now what this does is, is fuels the anti-feminism argument of, mm. of women are, women are taking the men's jobs and putting men out of work and, and all the things, you know, it's like the affirmative action argument, but now for gender. Right, <laughs> uh, right, right, right. Yeah. Right. So, so one of the things that, that us men got to wrap our heads around is that no, women are not taking our jobs. We are working towards a place of equity where gender is not a factor in who gets hired. But in order to do that, we kind of got to right the scales a little bit. We got to, got to, got to like add, add a little more weight over here uh, in terms of hiring, hiring more women because men have just occupied all the spaces. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm still trying not to laugh at the, the little phrase of, you know, the women are taking our jobs. Yes. And I'm like, who said it was your job? Like back off again, you know, and, and back to that. And but that back to that entitlement piece, I know, right. I know. That, that's a, that's a, that's a statement of, of, in, of entitlement. And it's, and again, it was, you know, we, we've heard this argument before, like for race, right. The, the blacks are taking our jobs. The immigrants are taking our jobs. Yes, I was just thinking. You know, that, yeah. all, 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 all the things. Uh, we've heard this argument when it comes to um, sexual identity. Uh, oh, look, the gays are taking our jobs. Uh, right. You know, sort of deal. So, so it's always those higher up in the hierarchy who, as we are flattening that hierarchy a little bit, or or chipping away at it, who feel right. who feel. Um, grieve, aggrieved, grievances, grievances um, stir up, and and this is this is fueling a lot of um, of both, uh, or or should I say, this is this is why you primarily see a lot of men in anti in sorry in in racist groups like you know proud boys it's right there in the name the boys mm. the proud boys yeah. <laughs> you know the incel movement primarily men who feel who feel uh, you know, that they're being attacked simply because we're trying to trend towards equity. Right. You, sh- you, you should not be, yeah, you should not be entitled to anything. So here's a paradox. You shouldn't be entitled to anything solely based on your gender. And in order to, to move ourselves towards a place of equity right now, because men have been at the advantage for so long, yes, let's, let's hire more women. And again, it's not that we're hiring less men, we just hiring more women. It sounds weird to say it. <laughs> I know. But, well, it's 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 not um it's has a similar ring yeah. to the Black Lives Matter. It's yes. not that nobody else's life matter. It's that we want to pay attention to the house that's on fire. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about the, you know, expectations or the, the, the gender expectations and differences now within the workplace. Um, now that we've all shown up, we are, we're at work. Um, how do we judge and expect women and men to behave differently? 
Um, so, you know, there's way too many anecdotal reports of, of, of when men are being assertive, it comes across as, you know, they're strong, they're leaders, and we will follow them into the breach. And when right. women do it, it's they're they're emotional, they're they're bossy, they're they're shrill, they're like, you know, you need to calm down, sort of right. deal. So so it must be that time of the month or something. Or <laughs> she's going through, you know, she's uh, you know, right. going through the change. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 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 this this is when it comes to um, motherhood. You mentioned motherhood a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, w- women are still being penalized in the workplace for becoming mothers or expecting as parents more so than men to take on those again roles while they are working so the so the expectation is if there's something wrong with the kids or the home we can't we can't rely on a woman's presence because she's gonna have to run out and deal with it as opposed to the expectation that dad stays at work right and and again i know some of you listening going that's that's the old-fashioned way of thinking nobody thinks like that anymore let me introduce you to dr google yes google it it's a real thing it still still (laughs) happens yeah absolutely still happens um of course women the 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 tales of sexual harassment uh that are inflicted upon women um in their workplace uh just too too many to tell we had a whole me too movement about it (laughs) um Mm -hmm. if you remember and you know coincidentally we also had a church too movement about it um, as well so it's interesting so you know how you know, a lot of times uh, art imitates life. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, you watch a lot of TV shows and, and movies where we have these older, predominantly white men in senior positions talking amongst themselves, saying really like misogynistic things and then going like, well, of course you can't say that anymore, <laughs> right? right? And which is, which is what men said in the, in the, in the, in the aftermath of the, me too movement and aftermath is not the right word as I hear myself saying it because aftermath implies that something disastrous happened. There's nothing disastrous right. about the Me Too movement. It was a, it was a time of accountability. So men are again weirdly enough went through that phase of still saying the things out loud, but then thinking by tacking on, oh, that's right, I can't say that anymore. Made up for the fact that they just said the misogynistic thing or the right. racist thing, and it's yeah. What else we got? You know, there's also a uh, what's called a likability bias. Oh um, yeah, talk to us about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the likability bias is having to shift your personality so that somebody will like you a little bit more, or you're more likely to be included, um, or you're more like the thought is you know more likely to be heard. But it's a it's a bias. Um, because there, if I just be me, I'm more likely to, to be assuming to be bossy or, con, you know, oh, mm. there's that, you know, she's probably got her period or, you know, the, you know, kids kept her up all night. She's cranky, you know, like all these things. So the, the machinations a woman goes through to be more likable. Um, so it's like, it's like genderized code switching. Yes. Thank you. Yes. 
And for those of you listening, if you don't know what code switching is, it's it's usually um, in terms of uh, race, where like black folk and people of color, when they work in predominantly white spaces, they have to act differently. They yep. talk white, maybe dress a little bit differently, a little bit quote unquote tamer uh, to fit in. So so there's you know there's there's work me and then there's weekend yes. me almost two different personalities code switching is what they call it so so yeah genderized code switching that's genderized good. code switching um and then there's also when we talk about dress and appearance in yes. the workplace yeah. you know women women are held to this double standard of needing to uh, mute 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 themselves mute their parents yeah. or yep tone it, because tone it down tone it down because otherwise they'll be judged as being too sexual yep and, there's too, men. you know, <clears throat> too low cut or too sparkly yes. or too tight or too pink or too pick something. Yeah. Feminine. <clears throat> yeah. Distracting, distracting the men from yeah. their work. Right. Because it's my fault that you, you can't seem to avert your eyes. Yes. Yes. It is your, it's your fault that we sexualize you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Which is, again, which is when you look at... I'm here in Morocco. When you look at in many places in, you know, African countries, Middle Eastern countries, places that um, have that traditional idea of women need to be more covered, cover their hair, cover their bodies in loose clothing because they're too tempting for us men. We, you know, but it's not our fault. It's Sial's fault. and this message, this message begins all the way in school, right? When we have, when in, in schools, girls are told repeatedly, you have to cover up, you have to dress yep. better. No one says to the boys, listen, you gotta, you gotta learn how to sexualize women less or not at all, or yeah, yep. see each other as we are as sexual beings doesn't mean we need to say or do anything about it. Right. Um, how do we how do we how do we learn to manage that? Not a not a whole lot of talking to the boys about it, but the expectation is placed on girls and women to alter their appearance so that we men can concentrate on doing the man things. There's also the uh um you know, we haven't we we've sort of talked around it, but the uh the mansplaining. <laughs> there is the mansplaining. Let me tell you what that means. You get what I did there? I, that was... yeah. yeah. Okay. That's why I went quiet. I just oh, she got me. <laughs> let, me let you keep going. So <laughs> this is a now this is not just in the workplace because it happens, you know, everywhere. However, it's very, very prevalent in the workplace. And what it is is, you know, it comes in a, in a few different forms, but one of them is, you know, we're in a in a meeting and it's a creative meeting and throwing out ideas and a woman, you know, suggests an idea and it falls kind of flat um, and then give it a few minutes and a man suggests the same idea and explains, you know, someone says, well, that's what she just said. And then he explains what she said, you know, or it's a uh, without you know, he explains what she meant rather than going, why don't you tell us what you meant? <laughs> you know, yeah. now you're going to mansplain for me. Um, yes. You're going to, you know, disagree or unpack my lived experience and tell me, you know, 
you're just going to explain from your male perspective what I mean by something, or you need to define what I'm saying um, better. But but Reverend Kelly, Reverend Kelly, I, I can't assume that you know what, what's going on in my head, or I can't assume that you know what I'm talking about. So I have to I have to tell you, like how is how is that man explaining? I'm I'm just contributing to the conversation. So um one one way to notice is did I ask you? <laughs> did I ask for your help? Did I ask for you to to redefine what I mean? Or maybe instead of mansplaining, you could ask me to say more. All fair points. All fair points. I I I used to be really bad at that, uh, at the mansplaining thing. I'm only a little bad at it now, but I used to be really bad. <laughs> but my daughter, my daughter and past girlfriend used to call me out on it all the time. And of course, I got defensive, right? Because I'm yeah. like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mansplaining. I'm just, I'm just sharing with you what I know about the subject matter. <laughs> Yeah, uh, or I'm just trying to help. Well, or, I'm, I'm just all asking for it. There you go. That's 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 the that's the one I always use to fall back on. Well, I was, I was just trying to help. Wait, I can't tell you what I know. How is that? How is that a bad thing? I've tread that road a lot. All right. Let's see. Any other any other work things? Um. Yeah. Just a just a couple of things. There's um, you know, um, there's less um, access to uh to what's called you know the hot jobs meaning the the higher visibility the mission critical roles the international you know positions there women still get offered fewer of those jobs which are necessary to reach the highest levels of leadership but they're not going to be offered the job so they're not going to you know reach mm -hmm. you know higher levels of leadership there's um and multiple reasons, you know, it's the patriarchal system where, you know, well, you know, but she's got kids, so we're not going to offer her the, the job where she has to go to Germany for six months, you know, right? or, um, you know, well, you know, she's now over 60. I don't know, you know, if she could handle it, like it's pretty, pretty intense job. And, you know, it just, there's so many, you know, to me, stupid reasons, as opposed mm -hmm. to just looking at the qualifications of what's available. You know that uh, I think it's 60% uh, of CEOs are at least six feet tall, men that are six feet tall. Oh, so, yeah. Tall people get all the breaks. <laughs> Anna? Yep. So having a short woman as a CEO, you'd have to be found your own company. And that's another one of those access to the hot jobs um, that has to be, uh, you know, we just have to keep calling it out. Um, now, hold on. So, so I want to, I want to correct myself when I said tall people get all the breaks. I'm wrong about that. Tall men get all the breaks. Tall women, tall women are discriminated against unless, unless they're basketball players or athletes. Well, yeah, it depends how tall they are though, because uh, short women get more shit on them. Oh, oh, no, I 100% I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I was just realizing that what I said was not was not a right, right, equitable right. Yeah. thing across the yeah. board that that tall people no, tall men. Uh, so when you have women who are, you know, six one, six two, six three, um, yeah, even just six feet tall, and, and men are 
average to tall. So men are now, you know, around, you know, five, 10, six feet as well. There's that sense of, of men feel the intimidation or, yeah. or feel so. So then there's that hostility towards. So again, you women have to be perfect, you know, <laughs> five, six, well, no more, no less. No, five, eight, five, eight is the, uh, no, no, because because average men's height isn't average men's height like five eight to five ten. So y'all can't be can't be five five six. That's it. I'm I'm calling. It. <laughs> well, I don't even measure up to that. Good God. Well, add as it the, to the list of things I don't measure up to. As the man on the show, I'm making an executive decision <laughs> that the perfect okay, height for women well, five six. Well, that okay. So something else, I'll add it to my Kelly doesn't measure up list. You know, I didn't, I'm not married. I didn't have children. Um, you know, the, the way you're not I five, six, short, I'm not five, six. I'm self-employed, you know, come on, get know. with it, get with it. All the ways I've fallen short, you know, there's a whole lot more too. I could put on that overweight. Right. Oh my so goodness. yeah. Well, oh my it's interesting goodness. that you, that, um, you know, talking about that, the, the height thing and that, um, uh, because there is this uh, this imposter syndrome, and mm. that what that is is women will judge will judge our performance as worse. No one's really objective about their performance, but when anybody right. does this judging their own performance, women will go the worse route, while men judge themselves as better. Yes, yes, this is the, um, yes. <laughs> and I don't even want to, you know. I I just had this thought too, like. Yeah, they do that in bed too. We we do it for everything. <laughs> one of the one of the one of my favorite uh, cartoons. I might have been in New Yorker years and years ago. Is like a, a, a perfectly average man and woman are standing in front of a mirror, and in their reflections, the man sees himself as this like muscular Adonis, and the woman sees herself <laughs> as this like frumpy, overweight person. Yep. Right. Yep. But the real image is that they're they're. They're like, for all intents and purposes, very average sort of right. deal. Yes, you know, the or I like to call it our genius mediocrity. <laughs> genius mediocrity. That's good. That's good. I like that. I got got a lot of them today. I've thought I've thought a lot yeah. about these things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to um, I, I want to make sure to um, be you know before we leave and and you know in terms of antidotes that um, it really, you know, while I may not have much to be able to do within a specific workplace, however, what I can impact are, are girl, you know, young girls, you know, mm -hmm. being engaged in my community, whether it's at an elementary school, high school, a library, a boys and girls club, you know, somewhere, um, because there's, when girls were asked what they needed to succeed, uh, the number one answer was confidence. Mm. And with confidence comes the belief. So that imposter syndrome thing, like to to break that cycle, need to you know catch them when they're young, and which is what the STEM is all about, right? Science and technology, and yeah. um, opening those doors of you know what what uh, girls can be learning, you know, coding and and on and on. But confidence and belief in yourself, you know, go hand in hand. Um, it's the, you know, believing in a dream, believing in a vision, believing in an outcome and having the confidence to make that so and, and having the confidence to 
believe, you know, that you can go that route. And some of that is also connected to, I need to see role models, you know, where Mm -hmm. I want to go. If I don't see me where I want to go, it's going to be less likely. So I think this is one of those, you know, when we said it's going to be 130 years before that global gender pay cap uh, gap, you know, catches up Um, and we can speed that up. And, um, and this is one of the ways that anybody can be engaged in, you know, with girls when they're younger to build the confidence to, you know, make sure they see doors open, make sure that they see themselves, you know, in, in where they want to go. Um, 40%, 47% of girls think that most girls their age are embarrassed to be smart. Mm. Um, and I think we talked about this last time. Yeah, we I, mentioned this. I get a, yeah, I've gotten accused of that a time or two um, where I've had to, I had to, growing up, I had to dumb myself down. Otherwise I got, um, you know, I wasn't really sort of welcome um, in the group. 46% of high school girls do not believe they're smart enough for their dream career. That's almost mm. half. That breaks almost my heart half a little bit. Of high school. Oh. I know. So, um, and 42% of girls believe that there are certain jobs that are better for men than women. So they're, they're young, you know, not even yeah. out in the workforce yet. And there's already this belief that I'm not enough. And at least half of them, it's not even like 20%, like half. Uh, so, you know, and, and afraid to be bossy, like if they're going to be a leader, um, they don't want to be looked at as bossy or controlling or what you were saying earlier, being shrill and all those stereotypes. Um, so it's, you know, I, I like the idea of the confidence thing, because I think we can all be participating in our community. And whether that's within your family, you know, within your church community, out in the town that you live in, um, you know, being a mentor, like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, um, at the library. I, I mean, there's so many different places that that each of us can be contributing to building confidence um, with girls. And we also got to talk to our boys and yes. And like in really instill a sense of accountability and responsibility for their own feelings and behaviors um, from early on and, and stop blaming anybody else and more specifically stop blaming girls and women. Yeah. That's, that's, that's got to start from, from young as well. And, and to your point about, about representation, pretty sure I mentioned this before, either here or some other podcast. I don't know. It's all blurring together. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, because, be, because of, for example, in technology, the lack of representation of women, especially women of color in technology, whenever I'm online and I read like a, a technology related post I'll like see the headline I'm like oh that looks interesting click on the headline and I just blow over who's written the thing I just start reading and I notice that I'm reading so like just today I was reading uh, somebody was writing a review of a new e-reader I I use the Barnes and Noble Nook e-reader and I, uh, they came up with a new model and I'm, I'm reading about the specs and the person is talking about how they used it. And then they write, you know, the size of it may seem big to some, but it fits very comfortably in my purse. And when, when I read that, I was like, oh, wait, this author is a woman. And it was like, 
right away, I noticed again, well, shit, I assume because it's a technology related mm. issue, it was a man that wrote it. Otherwise, I would not have been yeah. surprised by the purse statement. Right. Right. So again, representation. So in, in my growing up and in my reading and being a bit of a geek in technology, you know, the vast majority of people writing, coding, programming, all the things, right. men, white men. Uh, so, so I, I, I still catch myself in my, in, in my bias all the, all the time. Um, and then, and then I do the thing where I go like, well, crap, I thought it'd come further than this. <laughs> then I beat myself up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> And I go, you know what? No, this is this is the whole point. The whole point is for me to realize just how unconscious this continues to be. Yeah. Um, and 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 for me to take the time to go like, okay, when I'm reading an article now, take the time to pause and see who wrote it. Right. right. And then, you know, most of the time you can you can click on the author to see. The articles that they've written so now will i take the time to see who notice who who did it and if it is a a, a woman author see what else she's written maybe put some right. alerts on for when she writes more articles so that now right. my feed and my my eyeballs <laughs> will get more articles written by women in tech and people of color in tech. Like it's not right. going to happen by us just by me wanting it to happen. I got to take some proactive steps right. to make sure that more of that stuff is finding itself into my feed. You know, it's interesting. I, I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm about to say, but I'm wondering if had you with that article, you get through, you see purse and you go, Oh, I was thinking it was a guy unconsciously. I'm wondering mm -hmm. if had you, when you, at the beginning of the article, if you, when you saw that it was a, a woman um, writer that you would have, there would have been no response. You just would have go, okay. And kept going. Uh, yes. So I've, I've had that experience when I have noticed it's a woman's, that's the thing. When I have noticed it is a, it is a woman writer. I just do keep reading because I'm, um, that's not entirely true. I think my response, my initial response is, is, oh, cool. A woman wrote this about a tech thing. Right. right. So it's not, it's not so much a surprise as it is noticing it. Um, yeah. But I get, but when there's, when there's, when I don't take the time to notice from the beginning, yes. And there's some gender identifier and it's female in tech articles. I mean, I get surprised. I don't do that when it's about relationships. Right. From reading an article about a relationship and from reading an article about parenting, I don't right. get surprised by um, an identifier that tells me it's a male or a female. Um, mm. But but I'm just using that as an example. That's that's my thing. That's my crutch. That's my that's one area that I notice that 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 comes up um, in a lot. But. I guess the invitation that we have for you and, and we'd like to invite you to, yeah, if there's, if there's more thoughts you have about how we, how we shift this sort of patriarchy in the workplace. Um, yeah. Let us, let us know. Um, we'd love to hear your stories um, as well around, you know, when you've experienced that in the workplace. Um, I'm speaking to women. I don't need men to tell me about, or do I? Do I need men to tell me about patriarchy well, in the workplace? 
Well, you know, there is the the idea, you know, there is sexual harassment. It yes. goes both ways. It, it does. Um, it does. I would say primarily more one direction than the other, but you're right. It goes, it goes yeah. both ways. So, so let me, let me not reinforce the gender, ben, gender binary. <laughs> yeah. We're open to all your stories yeah. about patriarchy uh, in the, in the workplace and how it has impacted you, impacted you, how you have felt that you needed to conform to it, um, how you have perpetuated it, how it's harmed you. Um, yeah, we're open, open to creating that, dialogue because the more we talk about it the more we began we, we take its power um, right from it I mean and the more we create a new a new culture I would um, I just, think that men should have to wear pantyhose that just for a little while that would be that would be that would be cruel and appropriate punishment <laughs> yeah I just would like to yeah you know you know but hey you know what here's here's the mess that world we lived in men did that, um, you know, we'd be accused of, you know, dressing in drag and that would be a whole thing. Right. But, you know. Well, yeah, that's a, true. There's, there's that. So, yeah. you know. I think you but, should wear them under your pants just to have an idea. Just to have an, just to, just to have an idea. Um, can I remind you of when, when Jennifer went to, uh, ministerial school uh unity oh, seminary God, yes. to 2004 and the expectation was that they show up to class in you know uh church minister attire so formally right. dressed and that meant women wearing pantyhose and Ugh. other things like that she was she was not having she was not happy yeah my class wasn't having it either and we actually didn't yeah. do it yeah they told you us guys, and we we're like we we just showed up, you know. I showed up however I wanted to show up, and it was like you need ministerial attire, and I'm like, this is. If I'm yeah. walking onto a stage to, for a Sunday service, this is what I'd be wearing. Yeah, I think I think I think your your class your years started to break that mold a little bit. Yeah, um, stop this seven thirty in the morning daily word thing. And it and it and it and it continued, and it wasn't. And here's the thing: it wasn't even quite. It, it hadn't shifted all the way by the time I graduated because I graduated in 2011. Yeah. And the expectation was like when you did your, your licensing and ordination interviews, you, you yep. had to do, you, you had to be in church attire. And I remember yep. um, classmate Ken Daigle, who, who after one interview was told that he didn't seem like himself. So the next one he showed up in like, I think jeans and like a short sleeve yeah. button down. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, this, you asked me to be me. This is me. This is me. Yep. This is, this yeah. is me. Uh, having so, to cover up tattoos. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the whole, the whole, the whole thing. Anyways. All right. So um, thank you all for listening. If you didn't listen to uh, part one, uh, head on back and listen. Um, stay, uh, tune in next week or whenever we do the next episode, that should be next week. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll be talking about what are we talking about next week? I've already forgotten. Uh, like self care. I think we're looking at self care, pleasure, how patriarchy uh, influences our thoughts um, and beliefs and practices around that, or uh, lack thereof, or lack thereof. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, please um, share this podcast with your friends. You can find us on all the podcast platforms. Or if your friend prefers the old school interwebs uh, with love and justice for all dot podbean 
www.thepodcastmanifesto.com. Um, if you are a man listening or you know a man who might benefit from being in discussion with some other men around these issues, please join my men's group, Men Better Together. Um, and that's at revogenholder.com slash men. I should probably get the domain menbettertogether.com. I don't know why I'm only just thinking about that. But yeah. I should probably do that. Assuming and it's available. It must be. I mean, why shouldn't it be? Uh, I don't know. It's a pretty... Um, Reverend Kelly's checking big. in real time. Checking in real time. And I am just because it's a good, yeah, it's not available. Oh, okay. But but well, you can find something like it. I'm sure I could. Curious to see what that page is. Um, I'll look that up later. Um, and also please visit projectsangus.com to see all of our services, to sign up for our affinity group, and to make donations to keep this train running. So until we meet again. Let's get our holy on.